0: Section 32 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton the sixth night of the month when the day absconded and the evening arrived the king sat private in his chamber and summoning the wazir who presented himself to him questioned him of the story so the minister said hear o auspicious king the tale of the prince who fell in love with the picture there was once in a province of persia a king of the kings who was great of degree a magnifico endowed with majesty and girt by soldiery but he was childless towards the end of his life his lord vouchsafed him a male child and that boy grew up and was comely and learned all manner of lore he made him a private place which was a towering palace edified with colored marbles and jewels and paintings When the prince entered the palace, he saw in its ceiling the picture of a maiden, than whom he had never beheld a fairer of aspect, and she was surrounded by slave-girls, whereupon he fell down in a fainting fit, and became distracted for love of her. Then he sat under the picture till his father came in to him one day, and finding him lean of limb and changed of complexion, which was by reason of his continual looking on that picture, imagined that he was ill and summoned the sages and the leeches that they might medicine him he also said to one of his cup companions and thou canst learn what aileth my son thou shalt have of me the white hand thereupon he went in to him and spake him fair and conjoled him till he confessed to him that his malady was caused by the picture then the courtier returned to the king and told him what ailed his son whereupon he transported the prince to another palace and made his former lodging the guest-house and whoso of the arabs was entertained therein him he questioned of the picture but none could give him tidings thereof till one day when there came a wayfarer who seeing the picture cried there is no god but the god my brother painted this portrait so the king sent for him and questioned him of the affair of the picture and where was he who had painted it he replied o my lord we are two brothers and one of us went to the land of hind and fell in love with the indian king's daughter and tis she who is the original of the portrait he is wont in every city he entereth to limb her likeness and i follow him and longsome is my way when the king's son heard this he said needs must i travel to this damsel so he took all manner rare store and riches galore and journeyed days and nights till he entered the land of hind nor did he reach it save after sore travail then he asked of the king of hind who also heard of him and invited him to the palace when the prince came before him he sought of him his daughter in marriage and the king said indeed thou art her match but there is one objection to wit none dare name a male before her because of her hate for men so he pitched his tents under her palace windows till one day of the days he gat hold of a girl one of her favourite slave girls and gave her a mint of money quoth she to him hast thou a need and quoth he yes and presently acquainted her with his case when she said in very sooth thou puttest thyself in peril then he tarried flattering himself with false hopes till all that he had with him was gone and the servants fled from him whereupon he said to one in whom he trusted i am minded to repair to my country and fetch what may suffice me and return hither the other answered tis for thee to judge so they set out to return but the way was long to them and all that the prince had with him was spent and his company died and there abode but one with him, whom he loaded with the little that remained of the victual, and they left the rest and fared on. Then there came out a lion, and devoured the servant, and the king's son found himself alone. He went on till his hackney stood still, whereupon he left it, and walked till his feet swelled. Presently he came to the land of the Turks, and he naked, hungry, nor having with him aught but somewhat of jewels bound about his forearm. So he went to the bazaar of the goldsmiths, and calling one of the brokers gave him the gems. The broker looked, and seeing two great rubies, said to him, Follow me. Accordingly he followed him, till he brought him to a goldsmith, to whom he gave the jewels, saying, Buy these. He asked, Whence hast thou these? And the broker answered, This youth is the owner of them. Then said the goldsmith to the prince, Whence hast thou these rubies? and he told him all that had befallen him and that he was a king's son the goldsmith sat astounded at his adventures and bought of him the rubies for a thousand gold pieces then said the prince to him equip thyself to go with me to my country so he made ready and went with him till the king's son drew near the frontiers of his sire's kingdom where the people received him with most honourable reception and sent to acquaint his father with his son's arrival the king came out to meet him and they entreated the goldsmith with respect and regard the prince abode a awhile with his sire then set out he and the goldsmith to return to the country of the fair one the daughter of the king of hind but there met him highwaymen by the way and he fought the sorest of fights and was slain the goldsmith buried him, and set a mark upon his grave, and returned to his own country sorrowing and distraught, without telling any of the prince's violent death. Such was the case of the king's son and the goldsmith. But as regards the Indian king's daughter, of whom the prince went in quest, and on whose account he was slain, she had been wont to look out from the topmost terrace of her palace and to gaze on the youth and on his beauty and loveliness. So she said to her slave girl one day, Out on thee! has become of the troops which were camped beside my palace? The maid replied, They were the troops of the youth, son to the Persian king, who came to demand thee in wedlock, and wearied himself on thine account, but thou hadst no ruth on him. Cried the princess, Woe to thee! Why didst thou not tell me? And the damsel replied, I feared thy fury. Then she saw an audience of the king her sire, and said to him, By Allah! I will go in quest of him, even as he came in quest of me, else should I not do him justice as due. So she equipped herself, and setting out, traversed the wastes, and spent treasures, till she came to Sistan, where she called a goldsmith, to make her somewhat of ornaments. Now as soon as the goldsmith saw her, he knew her, for that the prince had talked with him of her, and had depictured her to him so he questioned her of her case and she acquainted him with her errand whereupon he buffeted his face and rent his raiment and hove dust on his head and fell a-weeping quoth she why dost thou all this and he acquainted her with the prince's case and how he was his comrade and told her that he was dead whereat she grieved for him and faring on to his father and mother acquainted them with the case thereupon the prince's father and his uncle and his mother and the lords of the land repaired to his grave and the princess made mourning over him crying aloud she abode by the tomb a whole month then she caused fetch painters and bade them limb her likeness and the portraiture of the king's son she also set down in writing their story and that which had befallen them of perils and afflictions and placed it together with the pictures at the head of the grave. And after a little they departed from the spot. Nor, continued the Wazir, is this stranger, O King of the Age, than the story of the fuller and his wife and the trooper and what passed between them. With this the King bade the Minister hie away to his lodging and when he arose in the morning. He abode his day in his house. End of section 32